1: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen
2: to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156.
0: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I have two awesome guests for you on a Falls Count Anywhere Friday. How about this? Lillian Garcia joins the show the longtime pro wrestling WWE personality over 20 years in and out of the WWE and now back on the WWE Network with Chasing Glory her podcast awesome show and an awesome interview with Lillian Garcia also the EST of Smackdown Bianca Belair joins Busted Open for first time ever right now on the Busted Open podcast Lillian Garcia, Lillian, how are you this Woo! morning? Good morning for me. <laughs> how you guys doing? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's I, still morning, for, it's us, but morning it's very for everybody. Early <laughs> okay.
2: All right. Good. I don't know what time zone anybody's in right now, but what's in that uh, cup? What's in this cup? uh yeah. it's coffee. It's coffee. There's oh. proof. Uh, can you see it? There it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is.
2: My husband got me. I didn't even start drinking coffee until like 2012. My, my husband got me hooked on it now. Oh, cool. <laughs> He's in the background saying this, not his fault.
1: Sure. This show got me drinking coffee. Oh, there you I, go. I, I, I never drank coffee before it busted open.
0: <laughs> it is oh, truly so an addiction because what I never drank coffee until I was an adult and I got into radio. And every day of my life since that first sip, I have had a cup of coffee so <laughs> it's insane once you've had it you're hooked
2: I know and I grew up in Spain where it's all about the coffee but I, I never drank it because I had and Mark knows I'm pretty hyper already so I was like uh no I don't need any coffee but yeah after 2012 that's it <laughs> I'm hooked
0: it's over we're
1: addicted it's
2: over
0: yes well- well, so let's let's start off with chasing glory. Um yeah. I don't know why chasing glory came to mind, but it just came to mind as I'm talking to you right now. It's okay. Crazy. Um, but you know, a successful podcast, and now taking it to another level by being on the the WWE Network. Talk about that. And how did that relationship become about?
2: It has been a labor of love since day one, 2016. You know, I had this idea actually for chasing glory back in 2004 and I even pitched it to um, WWE. And what, what had happened was is I was in the locker room with these amazing women and You know, we spend a lot of time. Mark knows you spend a lot of time on the road. And so we were in there and we were really talking about our lives. And I was hearing some of the struggles that they'd been through and gotten through. And I was like, wow, if people heard this story, I think they could really relate to you even more and cheer for you to even succeed more. And so I pitched it, but that was before there was, you know, Total Divas. That was before there was uh, even Twitter, a- any of these platforms and before podcasting. So when I left to take care of my dad in 2016, my dad looked at me and he's like, you know, Lil, I don't want you to just become a caretaker. I really, w- what's your next step now that you've left WWE? And so I said, well, I had this idea in 2004. I said, what'd you think of it? And he, he loved it. So I started it. It was named something else before. And then we changed the name in 2017. And ever since then, I've been getting these amazing stories, which I've been trying to get Mark's (laughs) Mark on the show for a while now. (laughs) We've been, you know, coordinating, uh, trying to coordinate times. But it is it's it's hearing that. And even when I heard Mark's story, Mark, was it 24 or Chronicle? I can't remember. It was one of those shows that it was on the network.
1: Uh the world's strongest story yeah. was on the, on the network.
2: Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was on Twenty Four or or Chronicle, but one of those shows. But it's like it's like that when you hear those stories, you're like, "Wow!" It just it really it, it's like the respect level goes even more, and people also realize that they they who are going through troubles now can see their superstars that have conquered those problems and can say, I can hold on, I can still become something. And that's yeah. what's been such a labor of love. So, WWE reached out to me, uh, This it was late summer, and they said, look, we, would l- we love your show, we're doing this conversation series. You know, now that your show's on video too, because we went to video after our 100th episode, uh, they're like, we'd love to put you on the network. And it was such a win-win because they still want it produced by us. Uh, So it's still chasing glory and they just want to house it and and show it on the network. And I was like, absolutely. It makes sense.
1: That's awesome. I I, I noticed that you, you talked about the ladies and uh, I mean, you don't just stop with the ladies. Like you, you've done some, some really, some really good and emotional pieces uh, dealing with mental health, dealing with uh, drug abuse, dealing with, Suicide and like the the seriousness of it, I I kind of always thought that you know me coming on would not be the same. It wouldn't like I, I'm such a clown at most times that um, it wouldn't fit into the mold of the show. But I guess if, if you want to talk about just life and and uh, how I deal with it, I guess that 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 would be a a, a welcome Martin. a welcome thing. So uh i'd love to do your show anytime
2: that's great because that's exactly it and i'm not saying that the whole show from when you come on to to the end is all doom and gloom it's not i mean we do laugh a lot on the show too but we do talk about life and how we can handle some of the challenges that come into our lives just to help people out there especially now you know I want to say something, um, and I think the timing of this, Mark, is perfect in the fact that Braun Strowman was my guest this week to relaunch the season and, you know, launch this whole thing on the uh, WWE Network. And I do these really big bios going into the episode. And sure enough, you know, we talked about how you helped. You helped get him from strongman into getting noticed into the wwe and i think it's really amazing you know when i had bianca belair talked about you again helping making that transition so mark i think kudos to you for seeing that in someone and making that transition because sometimes it's not easy you know to get noticed in the wwe and you you've been a bridge for quite a few people and you're getting noticed on the show and we're talking about it. So I think it's perfect timing that, that I'm on here now. And, and just to know, like, how does it feel for Braun Strowman to see his success now?
1: You know, I I, I love it. Uh, the The thing that, that I find with people that I say, Hey, have you ever thought about wrestling? Because like you walk in a room and everybody goes, who's that? And then the the next thing is you have a conversation with them and they make you laugh and they, they're not caught up in your star power. They're not yeah. caught up in the fact that, hey, this dude is uh, a pro wrestling icon or this person is a singer or whatever. They, they They're in their own world. They feel already like mm-hmm. I'm a star. Y'all need to know who I am. That's <laughs> who I want to wrestle because I know that once they learn the wrestling skill set, the the who, the why and the when of pro wrestling will take over and they'll just be great. And um I mean, you know, Bianca and, and uh and Braun are two examples, but there, there's probably about another fifteen that's out there.
2: Right. Right. Well that's the thing. It's a it's just so empowering when we hear these stories Uh, on here. And that's why I I really do appreciate you guys talking about it as well, because we're just spreading the word to get it more known and get people watching this. And so they can apply all the lessons that are being shared. And oh, my God, the superstars are really opening up everything about their lives so they can apply it to their lives.
0: Yeah. And you're you're a big part of it because you're a great interviewer. So, you know, and, and you tackle hard subject matter and You know, Nita Strauss is somebody who's been on this show many, many times. She's a friend of mine. And, you know, listening to the episode that you did with her when she talked openly about the problems that she had. Uh, with alcohol. I mean, the, yeah. you know, to be able to get somebody to open up like she did about an issue that she really was dealing with while, you know, she was on the road being a rock star, which right. things like that are glorified. And you right. know that you have an issue and you have a problem like, that, that I thought that was an extremely eye opening episode of Chasing Glory.
2: Thank you. You know, it's wild. I found out later. So I had been approached by Josh to do the show. I didn't know Josh. He wrote in. He's like, I'm really a big fan of the show. Would you consider having Nita Strauss? Told me the background of her. This is her before WrestleMania. This is before we really got a taste of her in the WWE. And when I looked at her story, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I have to hear this woman's story. So I had her in. She was incredible. I found out that when she left, she was a bit like, oh my God, I just revealed a lot, more than I've ever revealed. And I don't know if, I, is it okay? And she was having a hard time with Josh, like, is it okay, are people gonna judge me? And he was like, that was the most beautiful like interview I've heard you do, like being so real, you're gonna help a lot of people out there. When the episode came out, the responses she got and all the love and all the respect and all the people saying I'm going through that or I've been through that she really realized that she has to own her story. And that's what I tell people is just own your story. We all have different journeys. I'm the first one to talk about my bulimia, you know, my years of dealing with with eating disorder and still being, you know, trying to be in the limelight, my years of being bullied and still now trying to, you know, get through those, uh, those pains that really get instilled early on. You know, whether it's the fact that my marriage, my first marriage did not work. And so I'm the first, one to talk about those things and I tell people just speak and trust me you will feel better that you'll get it out you'll get it off your chest and braun stroman talks about that he goes i held it in for so long and it felt so good to just get it out and know that mental health we got to talk about it we just do
0: yeah because something on the inside it seems um insurmountable it seems so much more monumental when you keep it inside But once you let it out and once you're able to express it, once you're able to talk about now, now it becomes words and it's not just thoughts in your head. And, and it sounds something so simple, but just getting that out and having the courage to let that out. And then understanding too, in the course of time that other people battle the same kind of demons that you battle, it doesn't seem as large as it once did. And you
1: also feel like you're weakening yourself somehow, uh, because society has made us feel like if we voice an opinion about how we feel, it'll affect the characters that we play. It'll, it'll affect the, the, the business somehow. And that's 100% false. Um, it, it's just a, a misconception that a lot of entertainers uh, deal with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, somebody like a big guy like Braun, for him to say something about his feelings and his thoughts of, you know, and do I measure up, you know, as a man, as a as a performer? Like those are things that are that come across as negative in the scope of, oh, you're a big old tough dude. Why are you talking about your feelings? Well, we all have them. And it doesn't matter yeah. your size or what presence you have. Uh, I've I've dealt a friend of mine is a musician and he's getting older and he doesn't, uh, of course, nobody's rocking the stage right now, but he said he felt like, you know, the music was getting younger and younger and he felt like the old guy in the room and he went through a depression about it. Yeah. And, uh, for him to, you know, tell me the story, I was like, bro, you need to say something. Like, get out there and let everybody else hear it too. There's a lot of people going through the same thing. And he's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, man. It's come across like I'm crying about it. And I was like, you. Sometimes you need to cry on somebody's shoulder for everybody to get the message. And he's one of those guys that was able to do that. And uh, I listen. Everybody know that I'm a softy. I don't have a problem crying about you know i watch disney movies and cry <laughs> like my kids are like dad come on i love it like you know but 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 that is something that's endearing. i'm more powerful when i'm emotional i've yes. I've, 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 I've told people i my power stems from me being emotional and me internalizing stuff and being able to let it out Mm-hmm. And if more people think that way, then I think there'll be more success stories uh, that we'll be talking about in the future.
2: Amen, Mark. I mean, I think that that was a big thing. you know, even when I, I interviewed Nikki Bell, I remember back in the day and she was holding so much in and you could just tell she was so guarded. And when we did the interview, she let out a lot. and then she goes, you know, because she always had that what fearless, fearless, fearless. And then she realized at the end, she goes, my God, I just realized how much power there is in vulnerability. And I realize now that I'm actually going to be talking about like, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to talk about things. And, you know, we talked about Braun just now, Braun even said it. He goes, I want to give men permission, especially men. It's okay to show your emotions. There's more strength in that. We've been programmed one way for so long. Who said that was the right way? It's not working. So now it's like, no, we have to talk about it. And like David, like you said, we have to talk about it so people can stop feeling alone. That is why suicide rate has been through the roof. I just found a, a statistic the other day that and floored me. 60 men every hour around the world are committing suicide. Take that number in. 60 men every hour around the world. That's crazy. So I think that the more we do express this, the more we have these conversations, the more people can hold on and be like, I got this. Just like Mark Henry became a superstar. He went through all of this. I got this. Just like a Braun Strowman, any of those. So There it is.
0: Yeah, and and you tackle those topics. Another show that I wanted to bring up, this is a show from a while ago, um, was the sit-down that you had with Stephanie McMahon, and I thought that was great, too, because, you know, it's something that, and her talking about it, because, you know, when you're in a position of power like she's in, you hear the naysayers, you hear the whispers behind your back, and, you know talking about nepotism and nepotism in the workplace or she only has that p- position because of who her father is right and and it's amazing somebody who's worked so hard and has done so much and you know on the top list of Forbes still has that vulnerability of like well people think I only have this position because of, of who my dad is
2: yeah and it makes her work or feel like she has to work even harder Right, and then just knowing or feeling like people are just constantly saying that. So yeah, inside you're like, am I really ever going to be given that, that stamp of approval because of what I've done? Or are there always gonna be people that, that feel that way? But my God, I mean, she is just somebody that's so amazing in the in the fact that what not only what she's accomplished, but the way that she is, even with you, like if you run into her, like I ran into her the other day backstage when I was recording some of these interviews and she's just genuinely so happy to stop and talk. She never makes herself too busy, you know? And somebody in that position could be like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And she's never had that attitude. And I think that's been beautiful. And so many of the, of the other females have always said that, like I can always go up to Stephanie and tell her what I'm really feeling and get like a genuine answer.
0: And that's got to be such a difficult position to be in because we talk about nepotism and the only reason you have that job is because of your father. But then you're also always going to be compared to your father. So like it's, it's almost like a no win situation. So to me, you talk about breaking barriers down. You know, taking that upon yourself to be in the same business as as your father, knowing that there's going to be those people, and then oh yeah, then you marry you know Triple H, and then the things that have to be said about that relationship. It's like that is a big toll and a big burden to take on for sure.
2: Yeah, which is why a lot of times too, I will have people come back on the interview because, and I've had repeats because the chase for glory continues. It evolves, Mm -hmm. it changes the growth, you know, and we have, uh, you know, I'm gonna give you guys something. So it just got announced. Um, So my next guest for Monday is Zelina Vega. And I had her on two years ago. We were like only recording audio. We were in a broom closet. It was hilarious Uh, backstage at WWE. And then to see her growth two years later, it's been quite a, a journey and just, uh, you know, hearing the story of the evolution. And what does glory even mean? Because some people think it just means money or fame. And no, it can mean so many different things. And that's what's the beautiful and fun thing is to get the, the story and the journey.
1: I hope that we uh, don't get too far away from you. Like <laughs> we, I love the stories. I love the shows. But being that I've traveled with you for close to twenty years, um give or take a few, um I always like the musician in you. I always oh. like, you know, your voice is has, has always been one that I liked. And I, I remember getting the album, I guess it was two thousand eight. What what year did that the album that you did come out?
2: The it's, the it's album, the Spanish album? Yes. Okay, so the special. That we listened to
1: the- on the bus on a European tour. You did? <laughs> well, what's wrong with that? I I, I gotta I can my time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it. That's what I'm But saying. I thought it
1: was great. Thank and you. And I wonder why why is why is Lillian not more mainstream? Like your voice stands up to the stuff that I hear in the pop world.
2: Well, I appreciate that so much, Mark. I gotta tell you though, uh so music <laughs> is another whole beast you know in the music industry in the music world you know at that time there wasn't like american idol or the voice and and those places where you could actually audition you know there's no you know music camps like there are wrestling camps or there's nobody you could really audition for so for me it was very very difficult but I got to tell you also, like, I, my own hurdle of my own struggle and my own journey has been that 20 years ago, I actually uh, got into a house that had high levels of mold and I didn't know it at the time. I lived there for two and a half years, got very sick from it. When I joined WWE, actually, at the end, what people don't know is like I would announce, and at the very end of the night, my voice would be gone. I'd be in the car with Trish Stratus to the next town. She'd be wanting to sing all these songs in the car and I just (laughs) couldn't get anything out. I know she loves to do that, by the way. So Mm -hmm. we tried to have fun, but I, but I couldn't sing and I couldn't figure it out. And then a doctor figured out that I had this mold in my body. And so it had affected my vocal cords. So. I had to go on a mold-free diet, which is what wow. I've been doing now for over 20 years. And now I've been in another house, which is why I'm in Vegas right now. I'm making my way to Utah to spend some time with friends because we found more mold in our new house. And I feel like this keeps happening to me because I'm supposed to really talk about it. Get your house checked. If you're not feeling well, if you have sinus issues, if you're dizzy, if you're so tired, get your house checked. So uh, we did apparently upstairs, there was a leak. We didn't know about it. We're renting the house. And so now they're cleaning all that out, but I've been affected vocally. And so I can talk, but when I go to sing, oh, it's quite a struggle. So that's the thing is I'm trying to record a new album, but that's my own journey and struggle in that, that everything's on hold right now until I can calm the inflammation down in my body and in my vocal cords. I appreciate you saying that, Mark.
1: I'm I'm wow. gonna get my house checked because my voice has sucked for about 30 years. Maybe that's the reason.
0: No, I like, I don't think so, Mark. I think you just Dave, you think it might be voice. mold. I think it's just you have <laughs> You think it's voice. just my voice. <laughs> <laughs> nice try though mark, uh, mark I, want voice,
1: I want an excuse for me i want an excuse for me
2: mark you i've said you're sexual with chocolate for a reason baby
1: every <laughs> day every day all day
0: there you go there it is don't fix that god bless Uh um, uh, being a part of the WWE Network and seeing how that company has grown, even in the 20 years that you've been in and out of the company and now this network, I mean, you like you mentioned it earlier on, that this, this is such a great opportunity to be able to get more eyes and ears on your show.
2: Absolutely. That's why it made sense. It made sense when they approached because, like I said, I've been doing this as a labor of love uh, since I began in 2016, but you know, even my own struggle to get my podcast heard above so many others has been a lot of work. It's been a challenge, but it's been okay because it's gotten over 7 million downloads, which just tells you fans were definitely resonating with it. Uh, but when they did approach and they were like, look, we'd like to give you this platform and go ahead and air it. You know why it also made sense because majority of the people that I interview are the WWE superstars. Yeah. so. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, let's house the video portion on the WWE network. And then the audio portion portion is still available wherever you get your podcast. So it's a win win. And that's what I say in life. It's always important. Focus on making win wins in your life. Win for you, win for whoever you're with. And that's what makes the synergy in the world.
0: Is there one uh, interview that you've done that you're most proud of?
2: I don't like to judge and place a this interview is better than the other at all, because like I said, these stories are so incredible and everyone's got such a different journey and they're pouring their hearts out there that it's to me, it's unfair to try to, you know, I I don't really approach it that way. I will say that there's many times that I walk out of the interview that I'm like. How did I work with you for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years and not know this about you? That's the thing that has shocked me is the fact that not knowing the story of somebody that has spent so much time on the road that, uh, and that's why I think it's important to find these because even other superstars have come to me and they were like, I want you to know that I listened to the episode with, you know, and they'll talk about a coworker and they say, thank you for that because I didn't understand my coworker. And now when I heard the interview, I get it. And now I know how to even communicate with them even better or I know why they do this or that. And to me, that's been a beautiful thing to see.
0: You know, and, and I apologize for all all the questions about the p- specific episodes because I'm I'm oh, a fan, okay. I'm I'm a fan of the show, and Thank it's you. unlike any other podcast. Because listen, our show busted open. We talk we talk strictly mo- most about the world of wrestling, and the fans expect something when it comes to our show. with right. With your show, it really is completely different than any other podcast that's out there because it is WWE superstars for the most part. But you're you're angling the the interview in such a different way, in such a different light, and it it is amazing to me. And you talked about having multiple guests because it is you know it is chasing the glory and defining what glory is, and right. and glory is, is different for from every guest that you have on the show. And you've had multiple guests multiple times. Another example of that is Paige. and and it's amazing. Oh, wow. I, I mean. You, I mean, and Mark understands this too, like she's 28 years old. When you really think about yeah. the life that she has led in such a short period of time and like the ups and downs that she has gone through in such a short period of time. and And here's somebody that they they actually made a movie about right. about her life and even right. since that movie was made you could probably make another movie about Absolutely. her life it's it's a i've i don't think i've ever met somebody that has had so much happen in such a short period of time
2: we got to remember that and <laughs> remember all of us try to remember when we were 28. Oh my God. And the things that we were thinking or, you know, the mistakes that we were making, but she's, all of this is happening in front of everyone. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I didn't even get into wrestling since I, t- till I was 33. So I was a little bit, I feel like more mature to deal with it. And even through that, I had my own struggles. I can't imagine being in it, you know, 18 or 17 or anything like she's been in, but what I loved about all her episodes, I've had her on three times. And again, it, it just made sense every single time. The very first time was when she came back to the WWE. She hadn't had any conversations with anyone and everyone was approaching her to go on. And I saw her backstage and I didn't know that everybody had uh, was approaching her, but I was always really close to her in the, in the fact that I saw something special in her. And I approached her and I said, Paige, I would love to do a Chasing Glory story on you. I I think that people would love to hear from you and hear your side of things. And you just have this platform that you can help so many people. And she turned to me. She goes, oh, my God, I am such a fan of your show. She goes, I totally want to do your show. I trust you. She goes, "Uh, everyone's been asking me. And I just I feel like people are going to try to get clickbait. And that's what I'm not about, by the way. Like I want, that's the thing is I, I hate clickbait. I hate exploiting. Like that's not what, how I approach any of this. And so she said, I, I definitely want to do your show. So she did. She poured her heart out there. What I loved was she was getting before that so much judgment, hate, all the bullying online, especially uh, after that episode came out it was like, I was receiving hundreds of messages with her tagged of people like, oh my God, oh my God, I didn't know you were going through this. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for your heart, you know? And she was, you know, getting even more and she reached out she goes, I can't believe in a matter of one day how people have changed their perspective and now understand and now I can use this platform to help people in that I made a mistake. I made a mistake and here, this is what I want to do to, to rectify. But yeah, so that's the way it's been going with her.
1: Lily, I think uh, one of the, the things that you really, really touched on right now is you said people trust you mm. uh, in an interview. And a lot of times when you're not prying for what sensationalism in the news, mm. uh, you get the truth about someone. And yeah. people don't, you know, I have stuff. I'm very guarded about like, you know, my flaws and problems and so forth. Um, But I would, I have always, you know, kind of been kind of open with it now in the Mm -hmm. last maybe 10, 15 years, because uh, when you get away from whatever sport or entertainment vehicle that you you ride in, um, people don't want to always hear about what was, they want to hear about what is and when you interview that seems to be the focal point like what is like what's happening Mm -hmm. like what makes you feel good what makes you feel bad like now not not when you were wrestling or not when you were singing not when you were playing the sport or acting but what what now drives you what what makes you feel good and in order for you to relay those messages to the fan base, you have to give a piece of yourself and for people to, to understand it. And you go, well, you know, stuff is good, but I had to get over boom. And now you get what the problem was, but you also get what was the cure. You also get what was the, 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 the stopping point for that and what made me go, to where now i'm happy i'm with my friends i'm with my family and no i don't make the money that i used to make no i'm not in the limelight anymore but i feel special i feel good about my like that's that's that interview style works and uh you do it as good as anybody
2: i appreciate that so much mark i i've like i said this has been a labor of love like i just really genuinely love people's stories and i know it's a piece of it is because, too, I've endured so much, even in my own life, and I want my own journey to help somebody out there. Uh, and, and that's the thing is, you know, it, it really infuriates me sometimes, too. Like, i even been doing a lot of interviews this week, which has been great that so many people have been interested in the show and in interviewing. But I saw some that all of a sudden there was like these headlines and they were all clickbaits. And I'm like, Hmm. what is it with the clickbait? Why do we have to live in a society that we have to turn people's words into something so like to try to get attention, right? And it's like, that's why I refuse. And I even, there's many shows, trust me, that I could have used clickbait. And I tell my team, we are not about that. And guess what? We're still getting noticed. So I'm, I'm saying that for a reason. Anybody out there whether it's journalists or you know anybody doing this kind of stuff that that leans on that know that you can still live in a world with integrity and morals and you can still get noticed and in the long run you're going to feel better for doing it and that's the whole premise of this and and I just I appreciate you guys and your show. I absolutely love your show and more than anything Mark you were one of the first when I got there at WWE that actually befriended me. And I've said this in other interviews too. And I can't tell you for a girl that was so scared and so lost in this world, going, How did I land here? To get friended by somebody like you and be like, You know, I'm here for you, help you, whatever. I, I, ha- I just, I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that I, I think I've told you this, you know, when you on one on one, but I want to say it in front of everyone to know what kind of person Mark Henry is. That I was so lost, and yet you saw something in me, and I just really appreciate that you helped me, and you were so kind.
1: Well, I, I love talent, and I, I love the business to 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 flourish. And I think that if people are uh, feeling free, then they can they can go out and perform the best that they can, and that's what I wanted. I wanted you to not feel like. I don't belong here, I'm not a wrestler, uh, that kind of thing. Like, we welcome in everybody that's making this business better. And you did that. I mean, I still can point to, I remember the tribute to the troops, and you sung the national anthem. And at that point, I had only heard two people sing the national anthem that were equal to that, and that was Whitney Houston and Ray Charles. And Dude. I'm still, if, if y'all don't believe me, you're, you're American. You proud of this country. You go back and listen to a tribute to the troops where Lillian Garcia sang the national anthem and your ass will cry.
2: Thank you. Thank you. You it know, what was so special is getting it to do it with you at the beginning of one of your matches. Remember that? When yeah, I me was and Rusev. Sitting- Yes. Oh, my God. When I got asked to do that, I was like, this is so cool. And we have such cool, you know, pictures of us actually, you know, where I'm like standing right behind you and you're so, uh, you know, patriotic. And it was just a special moment. It was just really cool.
1: And I asked for that. You did? Yes, I, I did. I did.
2: That. Oh, that's yes, awesome. Yes, I did that's awesome Thanks. I was like that man let's special. let's
1: do it big if we're gonna do it we're gonna do the USA thing let's do it big and man that's what that's what uh that's what uh I can't I guess mike would probably be mad if I mentioned him on um, like one of our um I, I like uh mike Mansuri. he's not long he's not with the oh, WWE yeah. anymore but uh yeah. he's uh he was one of the guys that was responsible for that
2: oh that's really
1: cool yeah that was a special him and, moment him and ed koski <laughs> shout out ed koski that's the first time ed koski got a mention
0: on It open and you're, the welcome. And the you're welcome you're oh. welcome Ed. and lillian if you want to hear really good singing go to youtube and listen to mark and i sing the golden girls team that's always yes
1: great. that's always oh, a hit really? at parties
0: as well yeah it's uh yeah special. we did
1: that we're <laughs> that's that's probably about is, three minutes of my life I'll never get back My favorite.
2: I'll have to Google that As soon as we get but out of there uh, Sounds, don't,
1: something yeah. my, sounds don't like something save my wife yourself. would say
0: Mark uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious Hilarious <laughs> it's always, he always, he always throw you always you always thought you threw out a good joke when he, when he takes air. off the headsets. It might have been more like two, anyway. But uh, oh. Lillian, thank you so much yes. again, uh, chasing the glory. I mean, this is uh, something that not only you can hear, but you can also be a part of on the WWE network as well. And Lillian, thank you so much for the time. Please don't be a stranger. Uh, oh, you know, anytime, guys. This was fun. I'm always available uh, if you ever want to interview somebody. I got some stories. Oh, but, I bet. <laughs> I we could talk about. We could
1: talk about. We didn't get to talk about food, Lillian What about food? Bring it on.
2: <laughs> Bring it I love on, you. that
1: paella. Ah, oh, I love paella
2: paella. paella talk, de España, sí. Si, que rico, rico, rico.
0: Tiene mucho sabor. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, got bark giddy and now he's oh, going to complain man. he's hungry for the next I'm twenty so minutes. Hungry, Lillian, Dave. thank you so much for the time. We truly thank appreciate you, it. Yo. Bianca Belair, for a first time ever, joins us here on Busted Open. Good morning. Thanks for the time today.
3: Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited.
1: <laughs> good morning, sunshine.
3: Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. Now that I'm talking to the EST of I pro was wrestling. When I,
3: would, I was wondering when I would get to be able to be on here. <laughs>
1: you know what it's it's taken a while they've asked me many times and i'm just like listen i don't want to come across as that guy that just like hey everybody i know i need you to come on and dave said no we need we need her on and gabby who is you know she's kind of in the in the wi-fi purgatory right now Uh, she was like listen mark like i want her on the show uh, she's my favorite and you know like the favorite like is that something odd that you feel like now that uh all of the women that are not necessarily fans of wrestling but they see you and they want to know who you are do you feel like you uh you have to live up for the women that enjoy wrestling entertainment uh
3: definitely um i do notice that a, a lot now but i i like it you know i love representing for the women, and I love just bringing something different to the table that makes me, you know, stand out and, you know, really makes catches other women's eyes and other people's eyes. But I love representing for the ladies and just showing that, you know, we're powerful, we're beautiful, we're strong, and we have nothing to be ashamed of. We're just unapologetically who we are, and we just have so many superpowers. So I just love representing for the ladies.
1: Now, speaking, speaking of our superpowers. Powers, Oh, sorry, Dave. Not all right. Speaking Martin. of superpowers, um, I've watched you at least once or twice. Clean and jerk and then push press. People 130, 140 pounds. Like, for those that don't know, Bianca is really strong. Not just average strong, <laughs> but, like, it's weird strong. <laughs> And I recognized that from the first time that I saw her. Bianca, has there ever been a point where you you did something where the girl that you were working with was just like, oh, my God, that is just a really fearful feeling when you put your hands on them? Are you talking about,
3: like, in the ring or or in the gym? Well, hopefully
1: in the ring. I don't want you (laughs) throwing women out in the streets at the grocery
3: store and stuff. (laughs) No, no. Um Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, sometimes maybe I don't know my own strength. That was one thing I had to learn when um I first I first got here was learning my own strength and, and learning how to how to do things. So uh I I know there's been times that I I've picked girls up and I've heard them tell other people like, Oh my god, like she just picked me up and walked around the ring with me like she's crazy or I'll pick something up and I hear like Whoa, you know, um, it's kind of like they're not expecting me to do it so easily, uh, and I know I'm pretty, I'm 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 pretty strong, and I have to agree with that. And I know it's some, um, and for my size especially, you know, it's it's kind of rare to see a girl my size that can can lift as much weight as I can. But yeah, it's kind of it surprises some girls when I'm able to to pick up and throw around their body weight. But I always say like. A lot of the girls I'm in the ring with, I'm like, yo, I can I can power clean and press more than your body weight. So I've, I've been doing this for a while. So it helped me out in the ring a lot.
0: You know, Bianca, before you joined us here on the show, Mark and I were talking about, like, even before you got into the world of pro wrestling, that no matter what you were doing, whether it was the you know world of CrossFit or track and field, that there was a flair. Like, you had a confidence about yourself. You like to, you know, kind of be a showman a little bit when you were doing that stuff was, was that something that was intentional or is that something that like when you completed an athletic competition, that's just something that came out naturally.
3: I think it's something that actually came out naturally. It stemmed from uh, when I was younger with gymnastics and with track. Uh, I I did my mom and my dad, they, they, they really bred me to be the best. They put me in sports ever since I was younger, but, I started out with track, and my mom and my dad were huge FloJo fans. And anybody who knows FloJo, she, you know, she was always the fashion statement of track and field. And so when I started running track when I was five, I was out there actually. Imaginatively so I was out there standing out when I ran track. And then when I went to college, um, our motto was always like, if you, if you look good and feel good, then you perform good. And then that kind of just carried over into CrossFit, and I started doing CrossFit in my very first competition. I was like, you know, I see all the other girls who have, like, regular sports bras on, and it's just always been fun to me to be creative and make my own outfit. I've been doing it since I was a little girl, and I just love to just represent all of me of who I am. It's just a huge part of who I am.
0: Wow. Now, you talked about that you like being a role model. And in your career so far, since you showed up, Uh, in the WWE in 2017. You've been hated and you've been loved. So uh, character-wise and personality-wise, which do you prefer?
3: I prefer to honestly be myself. Like I I prefer to just go out there, especially NXT. um, I didn't really too much worry about trying to get people to like me or trying to get people to hate me. I initially just went out there. And I tried to just be myself and have fun, like amp, who, amp up who I was to a thousand, and just have lots of personality, attitude, charisma, and just be larger than life um, and have fun with it. And then I kind of just let the fans decide from there whether you like me or you love me. Um, I remember thinking about my character and saying, like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be the best. I'm so multifaceted and good at this and good and that. What can embody all of this and that's where the est came from and you know I, I walk around calling myself the best the best and at first i was like yeah you know I want to like you but then i was like how many people you know are going to like somebody that's just telling them to their face like yeah i'm better than you but and so i would do that and i was expecting people to like really hate me but then i would have some people like yeah girl you you tell them you yeah you, you are better than me because you can back it up so it was just kind of a thing where some people love me, some people hate me, and um, I kind of just use that to my advantage and um, whatever whatever role I needed to play at the time, um, I just amped it up um, just according to. You don't I see was that as a cop out. I'm sorry.
1: You don't see that as a cop out. Like it's it's got to feel good mm-hmm. to be the hero, or it's got to feel good to be the villain. I I for Um, one enjoy being the villain.
3: What I prefer is to be the villain. It's just more fun to be the villain. Um, But I feel like it's, I, I, but to get people to like you as well, is very challenging. So I just, I think either one works, Um, but I do prefer to be the villain because it is more fun. But that's just, I don't really know how to answer that question (laughs) because I just,
0: kind of embrace the
1: dark side Skywalker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i understand what she's saying that like by being herself it's like almost like letting the fans decide what they choose Mm -hmm. whether they choose to hate her or choose to love her because even now it's like it's she's not that much she's loved on smackdown so far but she's basically being the same person that she was on <laughs> NXT. So it's funny, like, even with just a change of environment from show to show, how the fans can respond. And I, how, mm-hmm. how does it feel like, you know, moving from NXT and then moving over to Raw, moving over to SmackDown, like, when you first left NXT, how difficult was that for you? Were you excited or were you a little nervous? I was
3: definitely excited. I felt like I, I accomplished a lot of in NXT, um... I feel like I also could have stayed in NXT. I had so much more that I could have accomplished, but I was definitely excited. But I knew that in my mind, I just felt like everything was starting starting over. Um, it's like you know, the fan base of NXT knew who I was when I moved to Raw, and let's say this is another a bigger fan base, um, more eyes on me and I just I need to start over and, re- and reintroduce myself because there are some people who might not know who I am and haven't seen me before so I was really excited to just um kind of be in a new environment and reintroduce myself and start having matches with uh new girls that were on the world and same thing with Smackdown I was super excited to be on Smackdown because I just felt like there's so many opportunities for me on Smackdown and it's it's happening very quickly I just had my debut last week and i'm excited for tonight my is tonight um and i'm just excited to just start reintroducing myself and showing everybody who the est is bianca
1: like i the thing that i see about you over the last from all of the promos and all of the uh sizzle reels and things reminds me of somebody else that i was uh that I was with a lot growing up in, in the business, and that was The Rock. And I feel yeah. like you can have the same effect on SmackDown, but you're going to have to be the one to suggest it and write it and produce it and work through it and bring it to their attention because they don't know all the things that you can skillfully do well. Like, they're going to give you things that I feel like you're going to hit a home run with it because you're a talent. You're, you're, You're exceptional talent as an entertainer and as an athlete. But the one thing that I always tell people about my interaction with The Rock was he was the most studied person that I was ever around. He was always writing in this book of what he wanted to do, how he wanted to do it, who he wanted to do it with. And SmackDown is, a is I think, can be your show. Like, it could, I mean, they will feature you if you can find a way to do exactly what I just said. And, and that is, you have to be able to write and produce it. Uh, ask the producers how you come up with a big board of things that you want to do, as well as... Um, put your flair on it like do you feel any ownership in uh, what you're doing or are you just kind of going with the flow right now
3: I don't ever see myself as going with the flow um, no matter what environment I'm I'm in uh, I definitely feel like I have a hand in in things that go on and and I feel like I, I'm comfortable voicing anything that I feel. Um, I also never feel like I, I, I'm ever handed anything, and I just do exactly, you know, what I'm handed. I always try to make the best of every opportunity. I try to pull everything out of me to make, you know, put put some, some stank on whatever is handed handed to put me. Put some stank on it. The gear, I'm sorry? You put some stank on it. I put Yeah, I put some stank on it. That's the best word that I could say. I put some stank on it, and, and that's whether it's what I say, how I say it, what I wear, what I do. Um, how, you know, how, how I come out. Um, but I always try to put some stank on it, and, and I always say, you know, I'm not, I'm not a bare minimum person. You know, I never do the bare minimum. I don't believe in that. So I feel like, um, you know, and given that advice you just gave me, I'm definitely going to apply that from, from here on out and keep doing that.
0: You know, Bianca, when you're a part of NXT, and, and I, I love NXT, you know, we praise it up and down every single Thursday morning after watching it on Wednesdays. And I and to me, it's my favorite WWE show. Was there like a sense of pride when you were a part of NXT? Like, was it like a team effort? Because, you know, it is it isn't raw. It isn't SmackDown. It's kind of like its own entity. Did you guys feel like you were up against it or you felt like you were a part of team when you were with that show?
3: NXT, I had a a lot of pride when it came to NXT, especially because, you know, Mark Henry, he's such a huge part of why I even got my foot in the door. And, you know, I I came there and they basically bred me from, you know, someone having zero experience to having takeover matches. And I definitely feel like it, it felt like a family environment because we literally, we're grinding together day in, day out. We were out there putting matches on together. We were out there perfecting and honing our crafts in, in, in the performance center. So for us, you know, it, it wasn't just us showing up to shows and putting on matches. It was show, us showing up to the performance center and practicing and grinding and studying and researching and training and then going out there and seeing, it, seeing all of our hard work unfold in the ring. And, you know, I, I was – In NXT, when we first went live on the USA Network, and I had all these great, great moments. I was in the first ever Women's War Games match, and just had uh, all these moments. I was a part of the first NXT team in Survivor Series, which is actually another Survivor Series that's coming up November twenty-second, might I say? Um, But. We just had all these great experiences and grinding together, so it was definitely a family environment. We took huge pride in just seeing all of our hard work unfold and continuously like proving ourselves over and over and over again. So, I really, really just had a whole lot of pride when it came to NXT. Speaking
1: of family environments, um, the some the first advice that I gave you, uh, mm-hmm. I say "You go down there, and now you bear my name." You represent me. You go and do the best that you could do. Be the first one there, the last one to leave. And I said, you're not going down there to fall in love. You're not going down there to find a date. I was like, you go down there and work. And will I be (laughs) damned if I get this phone call? (laughs) uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but there's a guy down here I really like and <laughs> like we've been dating for about two weeks and I didn't, I didn't want to like disappoint you. or anything. I said, listen, don't let it interfere with work. And here we are now married. <laughs> and it's a family affair. And and for those that that don't know that Montez Ford is your husband and i look at him like a son now like that that guy entertains me as much as you do (laughs) and i i I feel like you start talking about power couples in pro wrestling like with all the stuff that y'all are both doing on y'all's specific shows um does it get hard sometimes and and how do you feel about now um i had that was my bad advice i guess The you know <laughs> like you fall in love with who you fall in love with, regardless of where it is, but I'm glad that you have gotten to the point to where where you are and um how how do you how you feel about you know y'all and y'all's perspective places
3: um I don't think that we have a great balance in first, of all, I don't think that it was bad advice um if anything, I think it made me more aware and careful in picking who you know picking who. Who you know what I who I chose to fall in love with, but um, no, I'm, I'm I think we have a great balance, and actually, I don't think that for us it doesn't get hard. I honestly feel like it's made things a lot easier just being able to have someone who understands um, this business, understands the, the the day day in and day out things that we go through, yeah. we understand each other's schedules, we understand um, the frustrations, the highs, the lows. And, you know, he was also someone that I could lean on a lot, especially because he he grew up watching wrestling and I I didn't. So a lot of times I hear some couples say like when they get home, they don't really talk about wrestling. But wrestling is just such a huge part of our, our lives that it's impossible for us not to talk about. Wrestling. I mean, for one, it was the one thing that bonded us together. We met while we were in NXT. So we talk about it. We were at home. We watch wrestling together. We come up with ideas together. We support each other. You know, it's times when, you know, he's, he's champion and I've never been champion. And it's like, I'm supporting him. And I'm just as happy for him as, as he is for me. So I think we have a great balance going on. And it's just, it's it's fun to be able to share these moments with him. We just had, our first WrestleMania together that we got to share. And, um, you know, it's just it's just been great. And wrestling has just really turned my life around. It brought me a whole husband. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a whole husband. I would a think too, husband. Mark. Like, you know, if you're a pro wrestler, and not so much now because of the pandemic, but you're traveling all the time, I, I would think it's almost impossible to meet somebody outside of that circle. Because you're almost always with that circle. Yeah. It's like a traveling circus for crying out loud.
1: And it's really a circus when Montez is around. There ain't. There's nobody other than Owen Hart that I've ever been around that was just naturally funny, that just was not trying to tell jokes, was not trying to be funny. The dude is just entertaining. He's just funny. I mean... Did he tell you about the appearance that we did together in Houston uh, during the Royal Rumble? And, like, we were in this gaming place doing a Special Olympics appearance. And there was a guy that thought Montez was as sweet as any guy that he's probably ever seen in his life. And he tried to hook arms with Montez and, like, showing him the building. And Montez was like... Hey, what is that over there? <laughs> like, and, like trying to, to get his arm unhooked from this guy. And man, we all just fell on the floor laughing because it was like he didn't want to be disrespect the guy, but he was just like in a funny way getting away from the guy. And it was just like the best, man. I, I just think that he's, um, one of the most entertaining wrestlers that we have. And both of y'all together, you can't help but succeed. That that stuff rubs off. Like when when you, when you are able to entertain at the level that that um, he's been able to, you know, rise to. Uh, I expect nothing but championships from you in the future. I know it's going to happen.
3: Thank you. I'm ex- I'm super excited. Um, I'm just here. I'm ready. I always say I'm. I'm ready. I stay stay ready. Ready. I'm, I'm have to get ready and I'm just ready for the spotlight so I can shine. So I'm, I'm excited. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM.
1: Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open
3: Podcast.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?